Indeed. Let's get back into it. The Word of God, that is. Open honest questions. The Bible Information Brokers, Daryl EZD Fulton with Brian Allen and Professor Craig Hawkins, PCH. Daryl with a Y, ready to receive your phone call. Call them right now, one 888 talks one 528 2557 or go to our website at bibleinfobrokers.com bibleinfobrokers.com and send us an email question or you can even do it by Facebook Brian as well um, let's get back to the phone call we were dealing with uh, the issue about just just struggles in life and how do we overcome the uh, the uh, the flesh Brian you want to say something I'm going to bring yeah. Dan back on let me bring him back on yeah go ahead alright Dan you're back with us brother go you ahead know, Brian what are the things you know, when, when we talk about the struggles and the things we go to, that's why it's so important that, you know, the Bible says, don't forsake the fellowship of, of one another. It's, you know, it, it's almost like you, you're, you're like a car and you have gasoline and you go through all this junk and garbage and crap throughout the week. Not saying that nothing good happens, but, you know, you go through tough times as well. And it's like your gas tank just runs out and you need to get that. Uh, you need to get that gas tank filled up again, and that's where yes, re- that's where yes, reading sir. your Bible every day, that's why being in prayer and fellowship with Jesus uh, comes in. That's why going to church on Sunday and fellowshipping with other Christians. Oh, any day, any, I mean, just fellowshipping. Yeah, just yeah. fellowshipping. That I mean, that helps out a lot to get you through the things that you know that 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 we as Christians go through. You guys help to get me through. This show helps to get me through. The Bible study during the week and the prayer me- meeting during the week. The fellowship and living by the Word and having that daily re- daily relationship with God. Applying all these things and, as, as Craig said, appropriating all of this. And, and, and then at the end of the day, you know, you, you sit back and say, you know what, Lord, it's going to be all right. Because of who he is. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, everybody has a different discipline, Craig, but I think the whole idea of disciple, we see the word discipline in there, and that to be a disciple of Christ, we, we, that's what we're called to do. Uh, well, converts, I don't think we're called so much to be dealing with a convert because um, uh, God is going to determine that. We plant water, he will give the increase, but the, 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 the disciple, the discipling of one another is uh, so key a, that we don't... A we learner, don't, a learner. Well, well, yeah, matetusita, to make disciples. Uh, matete is the Greek word for a disciple. It's an ardent learner. So let me just use a couple of more examples here, Dan. But but I really do want to leave the image of this is a slugfest, and it's a slugfest till the day you die. Uh, because even though your body will grow weak, your flesh will still want to dominate you. Your fallen nature, that is. I mean, there's a many passages, but just a, a few more here. But let me just two analogies quickly. Well, actually, I'll give you the word and then, then two analogies. Here's Paul. Now, he's not talking about hardships in the sense of being persecuted, because you know that, and so I'm not addressing that. That's important. That's the second yeah. issue I mentioned, but I'm talking about the third one, the battle we fight with ourselves. What does Paul say? So did Paul have it easy? Probably, arguably, uh, the chief apostle. Uh, this guy's a spiritual animal a spiritual gladiator. Um, but what does he say? What does he say? Is it just a walk on easy street? Uh, um, that's not what I see. He says what? He tells us, for example, uh, in First uh, Corinthians chapter 9, for time's sake, I just got to start at verse 24. 1 Corinthians 9, starting 24 through the end of the chapter, verse 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only yes. one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. 
Therefore, in other words, in light of this, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified or cast off with a prize. In other words, he's saying, in other words, he doesn't literally, it's not literally flagellating yourself, but he beats his fallen nature. He does not give in to it. He wrestles with it. He struggles with it. He doesn't give it an inch. And this is a daily battle. And sometimes hour by hour, hour, minute by minute, sometimes second by second. Think of it this way. Anybody who's ever worked out or done a lot of athletics, I know today uh, so-called cross-training used to be just called circuit training. Uh, it's a big deal, but I've lifted weights, did martial arts for years. I still actually work out through, through, through those things. But, but the point is this. You know, I, I was telling my boys about this, you know, because they're like, oh, what happened? And I said, man, look, you can be an animal. You can bench it a lot. But if you take off a month, you're going to lose so much strength, and you'll come back and go, what happened? Same thing with, uh, with endurance, with, with uh, uh, an aerobic workout. You know, you can be in great shape, and you take a couple weeks off, and you're just, like, amazed at how much uh, endurance you've lost and or strength you've lost. And so it is spiritually analogously spiritually we lose that strength and so that's why the spiritual discipline that's why the means of grace and that is the word of god that is prayer talking communion with god right that is fellowship with one another and then partaking of communion those are what help us to be strong it's just like it's just like working out if you want to be a you know a power lifter or something like that or a, a great runner whether marathons or or, or sprinter uh, the point is, it's not enough just to work out. You have to, you do have to work out if you want to be a champion. But you've got to eat well and you've got to sleep. You've got to get the rest you need physically. You've got to eat well and then you've got to work out. All three of those are necessary. Now, in this mm-hmm. case, it's four elements. And so, if you don't do those things, then we find ourselves to be the proverbial ninety-pound weakling, getting sand kicked in our face by the devil. But that's also why John says in First John two twelve through fourteen. Some of my favorite verses, you're strong, he says to the folks, because the Word of God abides in you, because you work out with the Word of God. I, I love lifting weights. I love putting on big heavy metal plates and slamming them on the bar and then, and then hearing the sound of weights being moved and that. And, and even more so, it's reading the Word of God, this spiritual workout. It's not always easy. It's not always fun. Sometimes it's exhilarating. Sometimes it's a mountaintop experience. More times than not, it's work. It's a daily discipline of reading God's Word, mm. of trying to grow, of trying to mature. And I do this over and over and over again because I need endurance. I need the spiritual strength. I want to be a spiritual gladiator. I want to be a spiritual warrior. I felt years ago I was really into martial arts. I actually wanted to open up my own dojo. I wanted to have my own studio a long time ago. I don't talk about this part too much. Um, I actually wanted to have my own school. I was into karate. There was something about what you can kick so fast, so hard, that people can't even stop it. Uh, when you can kick that, somebody, even with pads, and knock them over, I mean, deck them. When you can kick so fast, you can't even see it. When you can kick yourself in the face without bending over and break your own nose, <laughs> it, 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 I, it's euphoric. I, it's, it's exhilarating. When you can get, you get that good. Uh, Bruce Lee, I used to love watching him, uh, but I studied mainly Hapkido. My main instructor was a guy named Taisu Chong, and I, I was into it. I, was, I found it invigorating. And anyways, I, I hurt my knee. Long story short, and it really was uh, really hurting my my uh, practice. 
And I felt God say to me, you know what, I've not called you to fight uh, physically, I've called you to fight spiritually. I, I want you to give this stuff up. I want you to devote yourself to study and to working out spiritually and fighting in the spiritual arena. I felt the Lord gave me that, that call. Yes. That's a long time ago, and I share that on a personal note, but I'm sharing it. Hopefully it'll encourage somebody, younger people or otherwise. But God basically told me, I want you to go to the weight room and the workout room, but not the physical one, Hawkins, the spiritual one, mm. on your knees in the Word, and I want you to contend spiritually. And, but, but this is, is, is an arduous task. This is a strenuous task to walk strongly, powerfully as a Christian. I believe it can be done, but it comes at a price. Oh, our salvation's free. I'm not talking salvation. This is not to get or keep my salvation. That's a gift from God. That was given Amen. to me with no strings attached. But that walk, that strength, that spiritual trying to mature and grow, oh, that's work, brother. And that's work till the day you die. You know, again, when you guys said what you said, Craig, and you mentioned about the karate thing and Bruce and how knocking my down so fast that I can even touch. Of course, it reminded me of Jesus in the garden where he must have did one of those moves or something. I don't know if he raised his hand up or he just simply said a word, I am he, and then they all got knocked down. I think it was some versions even say he got knocked down twice uh, in that situation. A whole crowd of people like bowling balls, I mean bowling pins just getting knocked down. I don't know if that was a, a karate move that Jesus put on him, but he said that, you know, hey, he was. Uh, we have a high priest that we can relate to. Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Just a yeah, joke, me, guys. Don't take it too serious. No, no, I got you. And I want to share one last passage in that. So, so Dan, I, I relate to you, and I'm telling you, yes. any Christian that doesn't struggle is either not walking well with God or Romans. they're not telling you the truth. They struggle with a given sin. It may not be something you struggle with, but they struggle. And then what does Paul say? Second Romans Timothy, 7. Oh, to I'm sorry, his man, to, well, yeah. Oh, we could do that as well, Gerald. But to his man, his, his protege, this is the last epistle of his life. This is the last chapter of the last epistle that he's ever going to write in this side of eternity. And what does he tell young Timothy, among other things? Uh, chapter 4, starting verse 1. I won't read all of it, but some of it. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Mm -hmm. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men, women, will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn away from the truth and turn aside the myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now then, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also all to have longed for his appearing. But notice, it's the idea of a contest of the Greek uh, uh, the, the, the pan games, uh, the, the, the idea of the Olympic games, of, of, of this competition, of this strenuous, arduous, almost sometimes gut-wrenching life uh, zapping uh, exercise that it takes to compete at the highest level. That's what God's called us to do. 
to do. And there's an old saying a guy said one time, it doesn't take much of a man to become a Christian, but it'll take all of them. Yes. You know, I, I was just going to say Romans 7. It can seven. be anybody, yeah, but, but it'll take every ounce in you, not for salvation, but to walk as a mature believer. Exactly. That's a, dis- that's a discipline. To be my disciple, Jesus said it's not a, uh, uh, even though he says my yoke is easy, my burden is light, but yet to be his disciple, it's going to be some stuff you're going to go through. Um, mm-hmm. So, Dan, let me give you a final thought, Dan, on that, and we're going to go back to the other calls and take care of some business. Well, I want to say glory to God on what he just quoted Paul saying and uh, this battle. We're called to be warriors, and we have to put on the whole armor of God, because I don't fight against flesh and blood except my own, but principalities, powers, etc. Ephesians 6. We have to have all that armor on. Yep. And the devil never takes a vacation, so you better be armored up at all times. Mm-hmm. Every day it's a battle. Exactly. Uh, yes. And then we're you know my motto? Go ahead. No holidays, no vacation, no sick days, no time off. That's it, baby. That's it. You know, you don't build up time like that to take off. I, I just love Romans 7. So, just folks, read Romans 7 and 8 and just uh, enjoy the struggle that Paul was talking about. Dan, appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. Just know that you're not, you're not the long ranger. We're all going through it. I thank you. Don't forget the call to the gospel now, guys. There we go. We're going to take care of that right now. Don't be trying to do my show for me. Get off the phone. Bye. Hey, I'm part of this show. Yeah, of course you, you are. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Love you, man. Bye-bye. Bye. See, Dan, see, Dan be trying to, see, Dan knows the show too well, Craig, because he don't know we had a caller, Wayne, who called in and was going to talk about salvation. Wayne, if you can call back in, Wayne, you had a question about salvation, but we were gonna, I was going to kind of chime in and use your call to introduce what Dan just said. The gospel. So Craig Wayne called um, from, uh, I think it was from Pasadena, uh, and he we lost him. But yet he was asking something about salvation. So let's give a gospel message. Let's tell them people how they can be saved. Let's con- tell people how they can do what Brian says, settle the eternal issue about this Jesus Christ and him crucified. Well, indeed, in one sense there's a great tension here. There's a great um, um, two truths that need to be grasped, and that is the Christian life is difficult. Uh, I'm not going to say become a Christian and your life will be easy, <laughs> life will be wonderful, you'll live on easy street, all your roses will flower, your weeds will die, your grass will be green, and, <laughs> and que sera, sera. That's not it. The Christian life is difficult. The tr- Christian life is, is tough, but it is worth it. Mm-hmm. But you need to understand, so walking with God is work, but that's not salvation. Salvation is a gift from God. Oh, it's worth it, by the way. You know, there's there's all kinds of things in life that people invest in, and, and they don't have eternal rewards. They don't have a t- eternal, uh, you know, you do insurance if you do something like that or sell certain things, you know what's called residuals. You right. get a residual. You continue, as long as that client renews the policy, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you continue to get um, a certain percentage of that policy. But, you know, nothing in life gets, gives you a return forever. Only the gospel does. Only the Lord does. It is joy, it is peace, and it is righteousness. There is a radical sense of contentment of the Greek word eudaimonia, of well-being. Uh, I don't want to deny that for a moment. Um, so so he- hear me carefully, folks. Salvation is a gift from God. It's free to you. You cannot earn it. You cannot merit it. You will never be good enough. You'd have to be perfect, and you've already failed, just like the rest of us. So salvation is a gift of God, but walking with him will take all of you, because you will battle a system, a world that's hostile to the gospel. Oh, they give faint praise to God and say, God bless you, and all these cute little phrases. But 
men or wives, they don't really want to hear what God has to say. They don't want to listen to the truth that God says. It's kind of like going, here's, here's, like, here's an example. It's like going to your cardiologist, going to your doctor. And you have to have open heart. In fact, not even open heart surgery, not even quadruple bypass. You need a heart transplant. Otherwise, you're dead. You need a heart transplant. But also, you're going to have to change your ways you've eaten if you want to be healthy, that is. They can give you a new heart. In this case, the divine physician, the Lord Jesus Christ, gives you a free... The surgery is all paid for, paid in full. All your medical expenses are paid for. The heart is provided for you. All the the anesthesiology, all that's all been paid for, all of it. All your hospital stay, intensive care. Uh, but you're going to have to change the way you live. You can't keep eating the way you have been or smoking or living that lifestyle, sedentary lifestyle that's led to your really bad heart health. And so it is spiritually. Salvation is a gift for God, paid in full by him from the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't get it without him. There's no other way to have salvation. But then you need to grow and mature and apply these great truths. And it is work, my friend. Not for salvation, but from salvation. Not to get saved, but as someone who is saved. Saved is not a, just some religious term, folks. It's a, it was a secular term. It means to be delivered from something, some type of danger, some danger that is uh, going to end in your demise. Uh, and so it is Christ's paid in full. He is the Savior. He is the divine physician. He is the consummate attorney. He is the Supreme Court Justice who argues your case, who intervenes on your behalf. Trust in him. Receive his work. It's pro bono. He did it. He paid it in full. And to receive his work, trust in him as your Lord and Savior, and begin to walk with him. But don't ever think that it's therefore going to be easy. It'll be worth it. God will give you a sense of his presence, his peace, and his joy but there will be hardships. But it is truth. Christ came to give us life and that more abundantly. Now, if you want to persist in your falsehood, if you want to live in la-la land and non-reality, then just keep on doing what you're doing. Just keep on going the way you're going. But if you want the truth, if you're willing to repent and turn from your sins towards God and receive the life that only He can give, then appropriate, key word, Mm -hmm. operative word, appropriate what He has done for you Trust in Him as your Lord and Savior, and know that He gives you eternal life. Amen and amen. And you know, Jesus talked about, Craig, that um, you should consider the cost. Um, if you're going to sit down and uh, build something, you should consider what it's going to cost you. In Luke uh, 14, Jesus talks about if, uh, you know, after the fact, we're talking about after the fact now being a disciple, but if you're going to, if you're going to, Come to this Christ, and Greg just told you, just know what it's dealing with because you have to do things like hate your mother and father. Not that you really have to hate your mother and father, but he said you cannot be my disciple unless. You cannot be my disciple unless. You need to read those verses that talk about that and give you an impetus about really understanding what you're getting involved with. This is more than a notion. It's not no all-members club, Craig, you just a feel-good type of situation. This is spiritual war. Warfare, warfare connotes discipline. PCH, I just can't. I just cannot um, say it enough, man. We we are just man. We just too mamby pamby. I was looking uh, when I was flying in uh, tonight. I was I saw on the the, uh, the airplane some series about the show called The Genius is dealing with Einstein, 
And and I was I, I didn't know some of the things I knew uh, that I was looking at on, on this series on on the plane, and I'm, I'm impelled I'm, I'm compelled to go finish the series and learn about this Einstein guy who we call the one of the best thinkers or the physicists of all times maybe, but the struggles that he was having, coming out of the way he came from from Germany and all those things, all the struggle with his family, folks, that's no struggle at all. When you start dealing with the spiritual warfare, but to have the spirit of God that lives and embodies in us, Craig, that's the power right there. That's the power. But we have to mm-hmm. not uh, grieve the spirit. We got to yield. We got to we got to use like like Dan was saying. We got to put. We got to stay armored up. Talking about manning up. No, you better armor up so you can man up. And from a spiritual standpoint. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of Bible Information Brokers, Brian Allen, Professor Craig Hawkins, PCH. My name is Daryl E.Z.D. Fulton. We have Brother Daryl receiving your phone call. We have some open lines. Give us a call right now. Join in the broadcast with your open, honest question. We want to give you the biblical response if you haven't guessed it by now. one la talks one 528 Call us right now. We have about another, uh, almost a fourth quarter of the show, so taking advantage of it. Watch everybody start calling now, Craig. one 888 talks one 888 Go to our website, send us an email question. We can receive that as well, bibleinfobrokers.com. Keep that down. Write that down. Let people know that you listen to us. Send the attachment. Send the link to people so they can learn of us so that they may listen in next week. bibleinfobrokers.com. Please do so. Uh, let's go back to the phone calls. Craig, and thank you for that gospel message, man. Again, we know that no greater word can be said. We do all this because of that. We do all this to let people know that there is a Jesus. There's going to be a crisis eternity that you're going to deal with when, not if, but when you die. Let's go back to the phone calls. Craig, talk to Noble in the city of Irvine. Love that name. Noble, thanks for calling in. Thank you for uh, taking my call. You're very welcome, uh, sir. Daryl. And, and and thank you, uh, Professor Craig, uh, uh, for 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 just uh, being able to share with us. Uh, I I I was in Sunday school on this morning, and uh, we were in the uh, the Book of Acts, chapter three, and and one of the issues uh, came up of was that uh, concerning verse number seventeen. So that's Acts chapter three, verse seventeen, and. Uh, the, the the particular matter of concern was uh, uh, that of uh, ignorance, uh, uh, and and so the one phrase that was in our Sunday school material addressed it as uh, a sin of ignorance, to which in, just in my mind, been in a class, and I'm like, well, wow, how about the the, the ignorance of sin? So uh, my my question would be if you could maybe uh, expound or contrast, uh, you know, the difference, because uh, 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 it it got to a point where to uh, just chop that up uh, uh, for perspective, uh, you know, I just I've just been busy all the day. As a matter of fact, I'm uh, uh, at work right now on a break. And and so uh, I was just listening to the radio, and I'm like, let me let me call in and just see it, uh, uh, see if I can get it from uh, them brothers who 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 do take, you know, that time and and, and look at it clearly because, you know, uh, uh, it seems like uh, uh, sin of ignorance and the ignorance of sin 
may be saying the same thing. However, I'm 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 like, no, I don't I don't think so. And then to really think about it, I'm 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 like, uh, overall, uh, in, in this this, you know, we living in this world of of you know, full of sin and ignorance. And and I'm I'm just thinking, you know, uh, at, at what point, you know, the, 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 the you cross that line, or or to just realize that, you know, there there, there are just some who just you know, be stupid with it. Right. Uh, so, so anyway, uh, uh, that's my question. You know, what is is there a difference between the sin of ignorance, or uh, uh, and the uh, ignorance of sin? And I'll just listen up. Okay, hey, Noble. Thank you very much, brother. And, and PCH, uh, Noble. Thank you, brother. Uh, and Craig, I want to just throw in there. I don't know if it's applicable or not. I believe it is, but you can help me out with this as as well because the Old Testament talks about uh, sinning unwittingly, and so I don't know to what connection that a Noble's question has about being ignorance of the sin or the sin of ignorance and uh, acts. So take it away, PCH. Sure, and thanks, Noble, for your kind comments and for those great questions. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so one can just be ignorant in general, and that, that's not necessarily a sin, although it can cost you your life. <laughs> if one's ignorant of certain things, it can literally cost you your life, and there's a joke in the law that uh, ignorance of the law is no excuse um, for violating it. Um, but it is interesting that in the Hebraic concept, and I would argue, in, uh, in other words, God's concept, God's thinking that there are sins that people commit in ignorance, but they're still guilty of that. It's still a sin. That's the whole purpose of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, literally, right. is to atone, is to, to, was to sacrifice for those sins you committed that you didn't even know you committed, mm. but you're still guilty. Right. Now, in the law and in ethics, we talk about culpability, and culpability is your level of responsibility. In other words, uh, how responsible are you if you uh, commit a crime or if you, let's say you do a traffic violation. You might even be aware there was a traffic violation that you, you violated. Uh, but a police officer pulls you over and gives you a ticket. Uh, you're still guilty. Now, you may try to go before a judge and you might get a reduced fine or what have you. Because oh, yes. You, 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 didn't, you didn't know. You didn't do it on purpose. I'm having flashbacks. Like willful, I knew it was wrong and I did it anyway. And so we, we talk about culpability and responsibility, and that is contingent, that's dependent upon, you know, were you aware of what you were doing, that it was wrong or, and or illegal? Um, but it still doesn't change the fact that it's wrong. And so Paul is talking about here in Acts 3.17 what they did, and of course this is regarding Jesus, they in ignorance, uh, these people, they really didn't get it. They should have. They're responsible. Uh, they killed. They tr they try to put to death the Son of God, God the Son. And and now let me just say this real quickly. The word the word ignorance here is where is is like the word uh, we we might say agnostic. Uh, it, it it comes from the word gnosis. G n o s i s. It's one of the standard Greek words for knowledge. And in Greek, how you negate something is you put what's called an A on it, mm -hmm. called an alpha privative. Mm -hmm. You put, instead of saying un or non, like we do in English, they just say A, like a piece this is uh, unfaithful or unbelief, if you will. Um, and so agnosis is the idea of ignorance or not knowing. So we say that agnostic claims they don't know if God exists or not. 
And so Paul says, yeah, you did this in ignorance. In other words, you're still responsible, but God's going to give you kind of a, if you will, a break here. Uh, God's not going to take you to the letter of the law, the full penalty, if you will. Uh, you need to repent. But if you don't, then you're going to reap the consequences. So God, in his graciousness, he doesn't just let it go, but he doesn't just uh, hammer somebody. We say throw the, bo- you know, throw the book at him, give him the full penalty of the law. So I would actually say, I think it's okay to say that they're really the same thing, ignorance of sin and the sin of ignorance. Now, they can be different, because you may you know, not even know something's a sin, but you're not doing it. So that would be a case of one case of, ignorant of ignorance of sin, but you're not doing it. But there are sins that we do commit in ignorance, but we're still guilty, because we ought to know better, they're wrong, and God says, you're still responsible. And just quickly, last example, uh, I hate using this example, but the IRS or, you know, the government, there, there may be rules and regulations, we call these statutory laws, and you may have violated one of these with your property or something, but the government's still going to come and they still will put you in jail and or fine you. You have to defend yourself, and, and you'll say, but I didn't even know it was a law. And they'll say, that's your fault. That's your problem. Right. Uh, but God isn't just some ogre. He's good and gracious, and he works with us. We are guilty. We ought to know better. Sometimes we don't, and he will extend grace, but that's only through the Lord Jesus Christ. So I believe that's what's being talked about here in the context of their crucifying the Lord Jesus. I appreciate that, Craig. I mean, you just give me flashbacks on that uh that example you used about uh, court and stuff like that, people coming in, or traffic court especially, it's just, it was a riot. I was getting paid to listen to all this stuff. And the people were coming there basically saying, I'm not guilty. Uh, and we had an expression in, in, uh, in parking tickets, it's the car is guilty. And we used to tell people, say, you, you may not put your car there, but your car is guilty of being in the wrong place at the wrong time, thus you got the ticket. So they were looking for mitigation of the fine, like you were saying, they mitigate some penalty phase of it, not taking away any kind of guilt one way or the other. Yeah, and, exactly. And I asked you also about the word unwittingly. I'm looking up in Leviticus here where it says, um, Leviticus 5.2 says, if anyone becomes aware that they are guilty, and then it says, if they unwittingly touch anything, ceremony on the clean, whether of the carcass, et cetera, et cetera. My, my whole idea, and I saw that word so many times in the Old Testament about unwittingly doing something, and so I didn't know if that would tie it into this ignorance of the law, as it were, because you think about all the laws that they had coming out from Moses and stuff like that. We think it's just the Ten Commandments, but how many were they over? 600 or something uh, different Six type thir- of laws? 613. Man, can you imagine? Look, can you, uh, folks who don't even know what the Ten Commandments are, <laughs> even today, if we have a, but you imagine trying to remember 613 laws. So can you touch on that unwittingly thing for me? Imagine so trying to keep them. Yeah, exactly. Can you touch on that, that, that word unwittingly for me, Craig, in that, in that aspect from Leviticus 5 2 is one of the verses I'm using? Well, uh, yeah, the the idea going on there unwittingly is unwillingly, that is, you, you didn't intentionally do it. It wasn't like the, you know, you tell your child not to do something and they do it anyway, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's not like they, they you told them not to do it and they just said, I'm going to do it anyway. It's that willful sin. So unwittingly is old English, it's unwillingly in the yes, sense of, I didn't willfully, we would say, uh, do that. I mean, yeah, I did it, but I didn't. It wasn't like I knew it was wrong. I just went ahead and did it anyways. And then, and it also has with it the idea of unintentional. Uh, I mean, a horrible example: somebody's trying to look over the uh, Grand Canyon and they fall off the ledge. Mm. 
I mean, that was, we say unwittingly, they, they didn't mean to, you know, or it says wet paint don't touch or wet concrete, and you actually stumble or you're looking at it and you, and you trip and you fall in it. Uh, that's, you shouldn't have been bending over looking at it like that because you're asking for trouble, but it was still unwittingly, gotcha. it was unwillingly uh, you stumble into that. You're still responsible. You still messed the paint up. <laughs> you still messed up the, the wet cement, right? Uh, but, but, but we would, uh, a court at least would, would, would should reduce, uh, temper the judgment. And, and that's the beauty of this. Uh, God is merciful. He is gracious. So gracious. He doesn't just throw the book at us. Look at even finishing up, Daryl, in light of what you just asked. Look at now, uh, after Paul says this, you know, I know you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But look at verse 19. It's so beautiful. It says, but repent then and turn to God yes. so that your sins may be wiped out and the times of refreshing may come from the Lord, that he may send the Christ uh, who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Now let me just say this quickly. You know, it'd be good enough if God would just wipe the slate clean and forgive us, or at least not charge us, or hold us innocent, if you will. But he doesn't just do that. He actually imputes to us a standard of righteousness. He gives us the righteousness of Christ. And if that wasn't good enough, he, had actually, he adopts us into his family. He gives us eternal life, life in that more abundantly. So if we will repent, metanoia now, change of mind, change of direction, you do the 180 in life, I was going this way, I realize now it's wrong, whoops, I shouldn't have been doing that, whether I knew it or not, I know now, and I'm, I'm asking for forgiveness, I repent, and God gives us the times of refreshing, of renewing. He forgives us. He declares us not only not guilty, but innocent. Indeed, number two, he declares us righteous. He imputes to us the righteousness. Impute means to reckon, to account, to lay it to your account, like putting money in your bank account. And it's like, no, it's there. It's credited to your account. And number three, if that wasn't good enough, he adopts us as his children mm. and to spend eternity with him if we will repent of even the sins we committed in ignorance. To them he gave the power to become sons of God. Children of God, yes. Man. You know, uh, PCH, uh, Wayne, hold on. I'm glad you called back, Wayne. We're going to get to your call uh, right now. Uh, but before, well, just after this message, real quick. Brian, we really need to ask the people so we um, about the financial giving because I know that we're short coming up at the end of the year, all the tax stuff we talked about before. Can you please share with the people that they, we really need to hear from them from a financial standpoint again, brother? I really appreciate you. Well, you just said it, uh, but the way, way they can go right to our website, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click on the link that says uh, support and donate, and that's the easiest and quickest and fastest way that your donations can get yes. to us. Or you can go to Snail Mail at P.O. Box uh, 90477, mm -hmm. Los Angeles, California, 9009. Again, uh, P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. You're good, Brian. You're good. I got one better for you. For those cheapskates like myself who don't like to pay fees, go to your uh, online presence on your uh, uh, checking or saving account, and that way you don't have to. Pay, uh, we won't get charged any fees when you go online. That's just me. I mean, that's just extra dollars. It adds up. Little rain, like your dad used to say, it's the raindrops that make what? Raindrops that make the storm. So all those fees eventually going to be into the uh, dollars and tens and hundreds and thousands. 
one triple eight LA Talks is the number one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. I can't believe it already. We into the final quarter of the broadcast, folks. Take an opportunity to call in, send us an email if you choose by going to that same website Brian just gave you at BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com, and send us a contact us and send us an email. And you can also navigate through there and send us a Facebook question as well. Wayne, thanks for calling back in from Pasadena. Wayne, thanks for calling back in, sir. I hope this is the same Wayne. Yes, the same way. All right, Wayne. Thanks for calling back in. I don't know what happened to us, but I'm glad you called back in. Okay. Uh, I hear the professor did explain about salvation. I want to thank you for that. But I wanted to talk about two other things that you guys could address them. Uh, I've been around a lot of Christians that say that First John chapter 1, verse 9, we don't necessarily have to do that because God has forgiven us for all our sins. So that's like a Christian boy soap. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, what? Say that again. Oh, what? Bar soap? <laughs> Let me pull over. I'm driving, brother. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, but please get two hands now. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled over, bro. Okay. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. What? Well, I'm sorry. What was that bar of soap? I just, I, I, you took me back somewhere. I've, I've heard it said several times a Christian bar of soap. Oh, a Christian bar of soap. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Okay. Got okay. you. I've heard it for years now, brother. Wow. Another one. Uh, that was that one. I also want you to, could you explain to me about, uh, I had it written down, I'm not at home no more, but, uh, yeah, James. James, chapter 5, the last two verses, I think it's 19 and 20. Okay. We're going to do John 1, 9 first, and then we're going to get to James 5 if we have some time. Um, okay, so hang in there with us, uh, 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 Wayne. Thanks for calling well, back. Thanks for pulling what's over. What's question on James 5? Yo, yeah. Go ahead. What's your question on James 5? The question on James 5, is that dealing with Christians itself, or is that dealing with unbelievers and us going out for training the gospel? Mm. Okay. Well, thanks, Wayne. Those are great questions. Yeah, there are people that, to address your first issue, which is a really good one and a really big issue. Uh, people like a guy named Bob George and others who say, oh, you're insulting God. You've already confessed your sins when you repented, when you became a believer. Don't keep confessing them. God's already forgiven you. He's forgiven you all of them. All of your sins were future when he died for them. So you don't need to keep saying that. And, and, and they add again that you're actually insulting God. No, actually you're insulting God by not doing what he told you to do, which is to confess them. Hamalageo, the Greek word, Means, means we get a word, con, well, confessions from it. it, means to say the same thing. I agree. And so, you know, it's not that God doesn't know it. It's that God wants us to acknowledge it. And, and, and that is all of our sins that we're aware of, that we should ask for forgiveness. And again, it's, it's not as if uh, he's unaware of it or, or, or wouldn't forgive us, but it, it, it keeps not just our relationship, but our fellowship sweet and intimate. Our, our relationship with God is, 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 is that God is our Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not going to change, if you will. But what does change is our fellowship, just like my earthly father. He's going to be 90 this January. Unreal. Yeah, yes, but Lord. at any rate, you know, I, I've been close to him at times geographically or otherwise. When I was a young man, I, 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 my family wasn't that important to me. I was off doing my own thing. And then I realized, wow, I'm really missing out. And how good my dad is, what a good guy he is. So the point is, but he was still my dad the whole time, whether I was talking to him a lot or living close to him geographically or otherwise, he's still my father. But, but, but that communion, communication, if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. You don't communicate with your wife, look out, man. Uh, that's not going to make for a good marriage. 
communication is vital. And God, he does not, it's not that he needs it, it's that we need it, and that he's commanded us to do it. And that's why it says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Well, we're going to sin. It says if we say we have no sin, and this is written to believers, we deceive ourselves, verse 8, and the truth is not in us. But if we do acknowledge him that we sin even as believers, if we confess this, he's faithful in what? What? To keep on cleansing us, keep on forgiving us. Yeah, keep on giving us that Christian bar of soap. But he demands, he's asked, he's told us to keep on confessing, which means to keep on acknowledging, to keep on agreeing. God, yeah, you forgive me of all my sins, but the other day I got upset, that person had cut me off, and I lost my temper. I'm asking for forgiveness. God wants you to do that. And anybody who tries to talk you out of what a clear passage says I would say, run, do not walk to the nearest exit. Run, do not walk. I don't care how sincere they are, how genuine they are. They are sincerely, but sincerely wrong. PCH, before you go to James 5, let me just say this. Uh, are they reading uh, verse 8 and first? John? I did say John, but I meant First John. Are they reading verse 8 where it says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us? Or did they just start at verse 9, noble? Is that, is that what's happening? No, no, I mean, Wayne? No, what they said is that that part of John was written to the unbelievers. Oh, no. Oh, Lord, no. have mercy. So wow. was that. I, okay. I already knew it, but I'm just No, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Clarification on it is what, and it's I got you. because other people's listening, so got you can help other people too, right? All right, PCS, yeah, let's right. tackle James. Yeah, Wayne, you know, that's what they say, and there's no evidence <laughs> for that. First John was written, look at the greeting. It's written to the brothers yes. and sisters, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> He's not, I mean, it's not that a non-Christian couldn't come across it, but that wasn't what it was primarily written for. Um, now, quickly, because it is related, James five nineteen and uh, is, is says, of course, uh, to brothers, if you will, sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the air of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. It just depends on your theology. If you think you can lose your salvation, you'd say, well, this is definitely talking to Christians and non-Christians. And some would say, well, it's only talking to non-Christians. But either way, clearly it's telling us about speaking the truth uh, to a brother or sister who's involved in sin so that they don't lose their rewards, that they don't uh, get, have to be chastised by our Heavenly Father uh, because they did not repent of their sins. Um, in fact, if I could, so I would, I would argue just, again, it depends on your theology and how you understand other passages. Real quickly, there's another beautiful passage from Jude that, that relates to the same idea. First John chapter 1 we were just talking about, also the, uh, James 5. And let me just read quickly, and I get there, oh... Catch those pages if they fall apart. <laughs> well, I know. It's, my Bible's in like 20 pieces. You know? I know. You're trying to get us to get you a new Bible. We're not going to get you one. <laughs> yeah, listen, listen to this. Jude, same thing. Is this a believer or not a believer? Well, I would argue in principle it applies to both, and I'm going to give it to both. So here we go, Wayne. Jude, verse 22, 23. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others shall mercy mixed with fear hating even the clothing stained by the corrupted flesh. 
the idea is it's kind of like someone who's been contaminated. They fell in a sewer, and they, they're literally in fecal matter. And it's stenches, but you don't want to – they think it's the stench of it. You don't want them to drown, though, in that, God forbid. And you reach down and grab them. You want to save them, but you're not reveling in what you're messing with. It's horrible. It's, it's disgusting. Or think of someone who's in a fire, and you literally snatch a person out of a fire, and you their their clothing is burned and or singed or whatever. They have the smell of smoke, to say the least, on them. But you save them from the fire. You save them from certain certain death. We are to have that type of love and attitude to run after the brother or non-Christian who doesn't even know the Lord, who's messing with sin, and call them to repentance. That's what I know. And for those that want to donate a little bit more, I'm going to offer a scripture from Galatians 6.1, the same concept, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves. Or you may also be tempted. And it carries on to talk about carrying one another's burden or carrying your own burden, but also it talks about us carrying each other's burdens. And that's just what yeah. the body of Christ does. Yeah, and A.T. Robson, the great Greek scholar of the 1900s, said on that passage that we are to be just like a fisherman mends nets. That's yes. part of what he does. He needs nets to catch fish. We are, before the Lord Jesus Christ, by his power, by his authority, we are to be menders of people's souls. What a beautiful mm. word picture. Mender like of people's souls. But you who are spiritual, right? Yes. And, and consider yourself, lest you fall in the same condemnation. But we are called to be menders if you will, deliver savers, saviors in the sense of inducing them to the Savior uh, of their souls. Wayne, thanks for well, calling I, back. I, I want to thank you, brothers, and I, I pray to God, continue to let God use you guys, brother. And everybody, that, when, sometimes when I try to explain some of the first things that I agree with you said, and it could be brothers and sisters in Christ, all I can do is pray for them, right? Okay. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, 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 if put it this way, um, what, I remember when Peter, um, I'm sorry, when Paul uh, approached Peter, when Peter was eating those ham sandwiches, I don't know if it was ham sandwiches or whatever, and he contended them earnestly to his face, he went right to his face. But, I mean, to me, that's my style. If you love me, I mean, I, I, I give anybody permission. If you have a dream about me and I'm doing something crazy in that dream, maybe the Lord is using that dream to have you contact me. Check me in the dream. Check me outside the dream. Please, if you love me, check me. Thank well, you. Well, you know what I'm saying? After that, all you can do is pray if they, if yeah. they don't want to receive it, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah that's true. What else can I do? Pray. What else can I do? You're right. Pray. All right. Well, you brothers keep on doing what God got y'all doing, and God bless y'all. God bless you as well, Wayne. Appreciate it. All right. Don't, don't Wayne sound like a coach, Brian? Wayne sound like a coach over there. He got a coaching voice, Craig. Maybe we can use him to do that rah-rah coach thing. We uh, encourage people to read the Word of God. So, listen, we uh, I'm not going to even give the phone number out now because we do have about uh, seven or eight minutes left in the broadcast. And I want to take this opportunity, Brian and Craig, for you guys to close out. And then we're going to uh, just call it a, uh, call it another day and thank the Lord for being on the air once again. So much is being said about the word. So, uh, Brian, you have anything else you want to share right now? Um, you know, again, I, I said it before. It's about trusting. And it, I started the show with about trusting in the Lord mm -hmm. and just uh, and just lean on him. You know, you know, go about your business. But just remember, have Christ in your corner always and trust in him. We got some time, PCH. Um Give me your heart, brother. Uh, talk, talk to, talk to God's people. Talk to uh, those that are not God's people. Talk to whoever may yeah. be listening. Well, three or four matters then, Daryl. 
Uh, I appreciate people's prayers. I'll be traveling to many parts of Asia uh, coming up the end of the year, right after Christmas. Wow, that's right. Uh, Cambodia, Thailand, uh, Malaysia, what have you. Appreciate people's prayers, of number one. Number two, I'm, I'm calling Christians to work out, start working out. Mm. You need to get in shape. But I'm not talking about lifting weights and, and, and martial arts and that, although I do all that. Mm-hmm. I'm, t- I'm talking about spiritually working out. I want to call you to get in shape, not legalistically, but because, man, you're missing out. You're not really living life. You're missing what the Lord has for you. Uh, he has a life for you that is not easy. We've talked about that. But that is rich and full. Is life and that more abundant? It's better than anything else you got. Bad grammar, good point. What you got? It doesn't compare to what God has for you. I want to call you to get in shape, to develop, and not legalistically, but out of love and gratitude, out of desire to intimacy, a desire for fulfillment, contentment, meaning, purpose, significance of life. You know, start reading the Word on a regular basis. Ask God to open you your eyes. Ask God for the desire. You know, it's Christmas time. We often ask for presents. Hey, I'd like to get this. Ask God, give me a desire for your Word. Give me a desire for you. Give me a holy passion for you, God. Give me a desire for a prayer life to pray for you, not just when I'm in a crisis or someone else is. Uh, give me a desire to pray. Give me a desire to be more regular in my uh, fellowshipping with other believers, a church attendance. Not legalistically, again, so you can get a gold star or happy face on your chart, but so you can grow in your most holy faith and encourage others and be encouraged by them. And to partake of communion of the Lord's Supper on a regular basis. If you're not a Christian, man, what you living for? What you mm. got? Your life is empty. I don't care how well, how well you're doing. I don't care how many accolades you have and, and things you have accomplished. And you may be the best at what you do. I'm not knocking that. I'm not saying you're not. But I know you're empty. There's something wrong. There's something missing. And you know it, and I know it. So let's not pretend. You're not as happy as you know you want to be, as you should be. There's something missing. It is that relationship with Christ. You need to trust in Him as your personal Lord and Savior. You need to commit to Him. Come see, taste that the Lord is good. He's prepared the ultimate banquet for you. He's prepared the ultimate journey for you. You're whistling Dixie. You're just playing games, man. You're just going through the motions. You're not really living. Life in that more abundantly is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let anybody tell you if you're a man that's that's for wusses, that's not for tough guys, whatever. That's garbage. Some of the toughest people I know are Christians. And that's what it takes to walk with the Lord and to be committed to Him. Life in that more abundantly is found in Christ. I want to encourage Christians to grow in their most holy faith, to grow in their depth and their intimacy. If you say, but I don't even desire that, then simply even half-heartedly pray for that. And you know what? You're going to get it for a Christmas present. Wow. Well, we still have some more time. And I, I tell you, I don't want to take up all this time, gentlemen. If you have some more thoughts afterwards, after I uh, say my little spill well, here, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, Daryl, if I could just say quickly before you, I right apologize, ahead. brothers. You can have the rest of the time. We need to hear from people financially. Oh, yeah, you know, appreciate it's a great that. time to give. We, I know we've said it, but we need to hear from you. You're not paying our salary because we don't get a salary from this. You, your, your funds go towards the radio so we can continue to do this ministry. We really need to hear from you. We want to encourage you to be generous give to your local fellowship, your local church where you attend, and then whatever you have extra or you believe God's put upon your heart, then we want to encourage you to send it or however you do that uh, so we can continue the ministry that God has given us. And we covet your prayers. Thank you. Appreciate that. Be, uh, give them the information on how they can do that before I give them the, the final spill and we'll be out of here. 
Yeah, send them just go to the website, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click on support and donate, and they can give that way, or just uh, they can email, they can mail it to uh, PO Box nine zero four seven seven. Uh, Los Angeles, 9009. Those are the two ways. And and also, the, um, when they do it, they write a check out a money order. Don't send cash, folks. Uh, again, make it out for LBTWBIB, and we appreciate that in advance. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll simply say this. I, I've been on a plane for the last day and a half, probably more than I've been on the, on the ground, and I'm, I'm allowing these pilots to take me up 40,000-some-odd feet in the air. He said, we're going to cruise at 40,000 feet. And I just I was thinking about it as I'm looking down on the earth, man. It's, uh, it, it's, it makes you think about a lot of things. I don't know about you, but I pray when the pilots go up, when they take off and when they land. I mean, yeah, so we can get used to just uh, taking off and landing and you don't hear about so many plane crashes and things. I hear more about car crashes and plane crashes. But I, I, I pray for God to give them a wisdom, steady hand, and all that kind of stuff. If nobody else is on the plane, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. Not that it's so much I'm uh, over-concerned about my life because I'm, 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 secure in, I'm secure in Christ for my for my own eternal soul. No, I don't want to go physically now. I've got some things I believe the Lord would have me to do. But, uh, I mean, you know, sometimes I get when, when you're dealing with things in life like Dan and I we were talking about earlier all of us were discussing when you have the vicissitudes of life that goes on uh, I tell you you have to know that word to get you through these things, folks. I can't even begin to tell you the last day and a half all the various things that I've went through uh, myself personally, so I won't uh, necessarily bore you or excite you with that, but I'll tell you something that's on my heart, and this is on my heart uh, strong about knowing the word. I think about all the, and, and this is a controversial issue, so hey, controversy, I'm not doing it for controversy's sake. I'm doing it because I really been sensing this for like the, since I learned the scripture about um, uh, how people use it to justify what they do. And I'm talking about female preachers. I'm talking about people that would call themselves a female pastor, bishop, apostle, whatever the words they're using, and they have authority over uh, God's church in any given situation. And I'm saying it this way. Uh, we talked about, I think it was last week and the last couple of weeks, uh, Craig and Brian, about losing in heaven. How can you lose and you got heaven? Well, you can lose based upon the works that you do after you're in Christ. I'm not suggesting by one second that anybody's not saved. I, I don't know if they're saved or not. But my heart goes out to anybody and everybody on what you're doing since you came to Christ. If you're professing to be a believer in Jesus Christ, whether it's you're dealing with relationships, whether you're dealing with the body of Christ itself, I'm only talking about female pastors because that's such a controversial issue. But I wanted to say this. I would ask every female pastor, every female bishop, every female apostle, whatever you call yourselves, to understand the Bible in its proper context and really consider and reconsider all the success you may be having that looks like success, and it is success. Uh, people are getting saved. Uh, donations may be raised. You may be building various edifices, helping the community, doing all those things. But uh, Professor explained to all of us many times that when you're going to do something right, you have to do it for the right way and the right reason because God is going to deal with the motivation of the heart. Maybe you're ignorant about the Word of God. Maybe you think Galatians mean that it's okay for you to do that. But I want you to consider, put together, that all the success you may have had in your ministry, is it the success that God's going to give you credit for or to be tested by fire? And that fire is going to be representing God's judgment on that work that you did. He knows the heart situation. He knows your heart, but he also knows that he gave us the word of God and he gave us intelligence enough to understand in his proper context. It's literary. It's, it's, just, it's just grammar. 
Understand the word of God in its proper context, folks. Context, context, context. On behalf of all the uh, Bible Information Brokers team, Andy, we thank you very much for doing a fine job engineering. Daryl with a Y, screening as usual. Brian, love you, brother. PCH, love you as well. I'm Daryl Easy D Fulton, Mama Grace and Big Daddy's baby boy, Brian. And on behalf of all of us, we say thank you. God bless. <laughs>